With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of World Cup Fracas, formerly known as Touchline Fracas, so of course, rebranded for the World Cup as we stand. Um, if you don't know my voice, uh, if you're not an avid listener of Cop and Fracas, I am your host for this episode, Krish. And joining me from my Cop and cohort, I have got Julian. And from the upcoming, uh, from the upcoming Gladys Street Fracas, uh, the Everton podcast, I've got Peter. How we doing, bro? <laughs> no, I had to quickly swap that one in. I'm so dead. Hey, you see, you see the way Richarlis was moving, though? Hey. I, but I, I'm, we're going to have to speak on that shortly because I was like, this, is, this isn't this is Jogger Benito. This is Haram. So, um, But he, he, he proved me wrong. <laughs> and last but not least, of course, from the illustrious Chessie Hour podcast, we have got Shems. Shems, how are you doing today, bro? I'm good. I'm good. First episode on World Cup Fracker. Glad to be here. I think it's everyone's debut. It's everyone's making their World Cup debut today. Um, so, you know, much like Richardson, we're all making a bang. Um, hopefully we come through and uh, deliver what the people want. Before we do get stuck into the pod, um, be sure to follow Touchline Fracas on all social media platforms. That is, of course, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Um, I think there's a Facebook. There might be a Facebook. If you're over 40 and um, like Facebook, then follow Touchline Fracas on Facebook. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go in reverse order. So we're going to go with the game that is most precious in our memories right now. And that is, of course, Brazil's victory against Serbia. Um, Peter, I'll start with you. In terms of the lineup for Brazil, was it kind of what you were expecting or was there any surprises thrown in there? Um, do you know what? I liked it, you know. I liked it a lot. And the reason why is the reason why is because normally on the international stage, I think you see a lot of managers try to go conservative, and they try and play maybe like an extra midfielder instead of an extra striker. But I think with that lineup, um, you saw obviously he goes for Richarlison up top. He's got quite a good record um, for Brazil mm-hmm. over Gabriel Jesus, who hasn't got so much of a great record for Brazil. Um, or Arsenal. 
So that's <laughs> quite interesting. But um, and obviously he has Rafinha and Mrs. Junior um on the evil wave. But what I was actually quite surprised, what surprised by, but like I was intrigued by, was him playing Neymar behind Richardson. So and then he played Paqueta with um um what's his name Casemiro. So obviously you can interpret it as maybe I don't know Neymar and Paqueta is kind of the two eights, or you can. Um, you can kind of interpret that as maybe it's a four-four-two with Richarlison playing up top with um, Neymar. So yeah, it was quite an attacking, attacking lineup. Um, the only, I think, my, my only issues with that kind of Brazil squad is the fullbacks. So I think Danilo, I've never been like the most like fan of him. Even playing for Man City, he's not very impressive. I think he's kind of average um, fullback. And then Tellers as well. Tellers hasn't really got the mobility that you kind of want. But other than that, yeah, I think it's a super strong lineup. Um, and I liked it to be honest. It was an attacking lineup, and yeah. He played uh, he played Alexandro today as opposed to Yeah, Alexandro, not, not today. Oh, it, oh Alexandro, my bad. Alexandro was dying all all game for that entire 90 minutes. He's like, yeah, let me do one of my normal rewarded more, more runs. I'm gonna lash he one out for nice, 30 yards. Yeah. He put that nice shot, yeah, that banger. I was like, okay, all right, I see what you're doing, bro. Um still wants that move to Chelsea. And speaking of Chelsea, Sems, um, what were you what were your thoughts on that kind of free roaming Neymar position? Because I thought it it is weird. Obviously, it looks a bit unfortunate that he's kind of got this ankle injury now that he went off with that did look quite bad. But I feel like it knocked Brazil a little bit out of sync from what we're usually kind of expecting from them. What were your thoughts on kind of his his role in that team today? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, I thought it was interesting because um, Neymar, in a lot, of, a lot of the times, especially second half, it was coming really deep, like when Brazil kind of weren't able mm. to gather any rhythm and stuff. And there was times when you literally saw him on the halfway line. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I think it makes sense because you've got a player like Vinicius, who's probably their second best attacker after Neymar, I'd say, um, who's really, really exciting, um, great 1v1, he's extremely fast. I think him playing, um, is really, really important. And then it's like, if he plays, then Neymar kind of has to play in the middle because neither of them can play on the right. Um, so yeah, I think it makes it, and I, and I think also so a player, a player like Neymar, who's just so inventive, so innovative, um, given him a free role, like it makes sense. My only thing is, I feel like it's quite easy with Neymar playing central for him to be marked out of games, just because it's easier for teams to overload the middle um, yeah. and mm. to, to shut off space for him. Um, whereas if he's like coming from wide and then coming in, you can only have so many players out wide. Um, outnumbering him, do you get me? But if he's picking up the ball in central areas, it's very easy for teams to just like triple up on him and then like just shut down the space. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays. I, I think it's in the game today because like Serbia had a plan for him. Like every time he had the ball, he was just snuffing mm. so many players around him. Uh, but I don't think that would happen as much if he plays out wide. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I think um, I, I think as a tournament goes on, especially um, when when Brazil play like the teams, the other teams in their group who are not as good as them, I think you will definitely see that a lot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Fred is gonna have to play, isn't he? There's no way he can play Paqueta and Casemiro as a player. I don't know, man. Paqueta, like, I, like I, I, I was gonna say, yeah, Paqueta was, 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 was a weird, weird choice for me. I thought Fred would have been a, a more of a favorite because he offers both a bit defensively and offensively as well. Like, going forward, he can pop up with something so. Mm. Choosing Bequeta to play in that number eight, well, I'm not sure if he does it for West Ham. He's more of a number ten, I believe. I'm um, just yeah. behind the striker. Um, with Casemiro, was 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 a bit was was a bit funny. Um, was a bit funny. I, I, I can't lie. I thought, played, I thought he played quite well though. Um, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah. Does it? Does anyone really think Bruno Grimero would have been a better fit? 
Now that was what yeah. I was going to ask next. I would have thought Bruno would have been, especially for the, for the Newcastle form, he would have been in there automatically. But he must obviously. I think the manager must obviously he must have thought that he would get a lot of the ball and they would obviously have they wouldn't have as much threat um, serving on the counter. So he thought to go. That's what I'm saying. I guess maybe the bigger teams maybe might go for Bruno Grimaldo or Fred. But we know that Fred's obviously got that partnership with him um, through Man United as well. But Casemiro, I must say though, hey, Casemiro's a He's a baller, bro. Oh, <laughs> he's, man, levels, he's a baller. Like, bro, like, even when I look at it, and I look at it now, um, I compare it to Fabinho, I just think he's, he's, he's better than Miles, better than him. That bum, Fabinho, yeah? He needs to take a good look at himself while he's on that World Cup. He's, he's, he's woefully out of form. He's bald. His wife but, is, yo, like, yo, absolutely yo, ridiculous yo. on Twitter. There was a moment I was comparing the two, and Shemi, you can chip in as well on this as well, but I, I think maybe as Liverpool fans, who were like, if not, they're better. If not, Fabinho's better than that. At least they're the same. But now I look back, I think Casemiro might have always been better than him. I don't know. Do you, do you, know, what's, do you know what's crazy, yeah? It, it took us... It took us. Yeah. I think it was the game, the lockdown game, when Casemiro absolutely padlocked our whole midfield on his ones for us to be like, oh, you know what, yeah? This Casemiro guy might be serious, you know? And it took another game. <laughs> <laughs> and it took another game for everyone to finally confirm and be like, nah. This Casemiro guy is two levels. You, you, you know, know what? Then, this, you this know is when come through and like they do a little, um, you know, they do a little feature strength thing, and then you still don't kind of respect them. And they come back and they spin the block again. That's what Casemiro did. Man. No, no, no. Then you're like, no, no. This guy's no, too nuts. No, this is funny. It's funny you guys brought this up here yeah, because um, it, came, it came to my attention in the Chessy Geek chat. Babs brought it to my attention that um, apparently this was a discussion on Discord a couple of years ago, and you guys were were fighting for Babs Corner. <laughs> can, can you confirm? He, we can because I can't lie. At the time, that was what that was the vibe. You know what I mean? Fabinho was on top yeah, of the world. Yeah, yeah. We're doing our thing, but then I don't nah, know. The, levels, <laughs> the levels came when we actually saw Casemiro live in the flesh, yeah, and he pulled no. up at Anfield. But, 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 but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Cas- Casemiro's been Bro. doing this. He's actually been yeah. doing this. He, yeah, he's, he's not he's a rookie in this. Him as much in the Liga, and obviously he's come yeah. to the Premier now. But Casemiro's been a certified mainstay in Madrid midfield for years, and they've been incredibly successful. Shemi, so this shouldn't really be a, a matter of Shemi, Shemi, you're talking too much sense. You know how the game goes, bro. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it goes, man. You know how it goes. It's not until you, they, they spin the block on you one more time for you to realize that. Like, raw, okay, all right, all right. Say nothing. We're not, we're not those guys. <laughs> I think it's the Cruz and Modric who are like unbelievable technicians. And then you almost think that, like, you almost underrate Casemiro's thing. You're like, all right, he's not as good as a passer as, as them, man. Agreed. Mm. But not Madrid team for that long, bro. You you must you you know what I mean. You must be serious. Like you must be very yeah. good. When he is he's quite good on the ball. But yeah, it happens with fans, isn't it? Sometimes you rate like the player that you have. Like you know, it reminds me of like um that goalkeeper you have um what's his name Mendy when um, people were saying that. <laughs> saying that um yeah, that's what it reminds me of. I don't know, Chevy. Yeah, I, I never compared Mendy to Alex. So um, I'll, you can talk to them, man. Though you can talk to them, man. Still, <laughs> you get me. Hey, listen, man. The the, the Mendy Alex comparisons. Are, we we will never forget. Okay, we will never forget. <laughs> the North remembers. The North definitely the, the, remembers, man. Hey, we will never forget. Um, Casem, back on the Casemiro thing. That one pass he played in the first half was absolutely insane. Do you know? Sorry. Uh, do you know what's weird about Casemiro? Yeah, and and it's kind of um going on to what we were just talking about about him kind of having that reputation of just being a destroyer. Like, the mm. more I've actually, like, seen him play, um, because let's be honest, like, no one was watching him under a microscope at Real Madrid, like, that was only in the big Real Madrid games. 
we I've actually started to respect his like uh, t- his te- his technician game a bit more. Like even today, it felt like maybe it was because, as we've mentioned as well, that Serbia was kind of not on getting onto the ball as much and wasn't putting as much pressure on the midfield. But he was making some great passes. He was just shooting it from far. He was actually getting shots on target. Like he looked like he was having a lot of way too much fun for someone that we call a destroyer. You know what I mean? <laughs> He looks like he was having far too much fun for someone who has like a quite a stern face as well. He was like, yeah, he's having a laugh out there. He always reminds yeah, me of like, you know, you know those wrestlers where you kind of think, oh, they've only just got one move in them. And you see them like break out a spine buster or like something a little bit with a flip in there. You're like, oh, I didn't know you had that in your locker. Okay. It's like, it's like when Brock Lesnar done a shooting star press. You know what I mean? You're like, bro, <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> this is the ultimate... Um, uh, I owe the, the ultimate shack mean today, isn't it, for Casemiro? I owe you an apology. I wasn't as familiar with your game. Um, <laughs> nah, it's true. Um, it's true. Respect. Yeah, respect. We have to respect Casemiro. We have to respect. Yeah, he doesn't really have anything to prove, but he's just doing it for the love of the game, man. <laughs> for the love of the game. One more time. For the love man. of the game, Listen, indeed. I'm out. I'm a favela boy for real. <laughs> What did you guys think of um, the way Serbia set up in that first half? Because I think Shem's alluded to it earlier. They were cutting off a lot of that space in the middle to nullify Neymar. And Vinicius was basically the one very focal form of attack. I thought Rafinha, yeah, that obviously had that good chance, which he definitely should have scored. But what do you think of Serbia's set up for that first half? I think I think it was it was similar to a lot of teams who like who aren't as good as who they're facing, if that makes sense. So, like, a lot, seen mm. a lot of the smaller teams who kind of, you know, it's the first game, you kind of don't want to lose the game, which is very understandable. Um, so, just try to be quite resolute, quite um, quite compact. Um, and it seemed like, they, like I said, they had a game plan for, obviously, Neymar. Um, so, I think to an extent it worked, but at the same time, I think I looked at um, Serbia's lineup and I thought they had, they have got a few players that could do Brazil some damage. Um, so if they, if maybe, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see maybe in the second or third game, we have to come out a little bit, um, if they actually kind of play a bit more brave, but I do feel like obviously Brazil was struggling in the first half. And I feel like if, if, if Serbia kind of tried to play a little bit more and try to actually help Brazil, they, they, they could have done a, a bit, they could have done them a bit of damage. Um, but it was definitely, you know, they definitely set out to try and stop them. Um, and it worked for the best part of 60 minutes, but obviously when you've got like a Neymar, Neymar who, who actually did have a good game. But um, for the first goal, he actually he actually kind of creates that um, with the turn yeah. and then um, yeah. just causing trouble into the box and then finishing the shoots. Do you know what I'm saying? So eventually, like when you've got so much flair on the pitch, it's going to tell. Do you get me? So I do feel like um, Neymar, uh, not Neymar, I do feel like Serbia, um, they could have been a little bit more braver because eventually the quality was going to tell, tell and Brazil were going to score. Um, so, and Brazil struggled for 60 minutes, let's be real. So, yeah, man, it, it would have been nice to see them come out a little bit, but, you know, first game vibes, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah. Go on, yeah, I was gonna say yeah, I agree as well. I think it's understandable for the uh, team who obviously haven't got um, the quality of players that um, Brazil have. So kind of set up in that way, kind of overload the middle, make sure there's nothing um, that they can kind of um, get through in terms of shutting off gaps. And I thought that two years, their fullbacks done quite well, especially in the first half. Um, they were doing really well. Um, is that Petkovic or Pet- Petkovic? Something like that. Um, he, was, he was dealing quite well with. Um, Vinicius and Rafinha as well didn't have his greatest of games, so I thought he done quite well. But you know, I want to ask you a question. Yeah, that SMS guy in the middle, like every time man reads about him, this brilliant midfielder, box box gets goals, blah blah. blah. And then when I watch him, I never like 
I just don't see him. Like, I can't tell you one thing he's done this game. Like, yeah, same. all my life, they, yeah, all my life, yeah. Like, he's good in FM. He's good in FM. I know that much, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, this savage brother, yeah, all my life, yeah, this guy was created just to spite Pogba. Remember when Pogba, like, my United fans wanted to get rid of Pogba, and yeah, suddenly yeah. they started talking about, oh, let's get this savage guy in because you know he, he he's levels. And, and ever since then, I've not seen the fuck all about this brother. I don't know what he's so on. He, so for me, yeah, he's in that Kiro Mobley zone. Like, they exist, but I've never seen them actually do anything. Yeah. Just badding up Serie A, but, like, when you actually watch them, nothing. Not much. But the funny... It's really funny you say that, though, because, like, first five minutes of that game, Yak came through with a quick scout report, and he's like, oh, yeah, we could get this guy for, like, a quick 40 million. He'd solve all Liverpool's midfield issues. I was like... <laughs> It's maybe calm this down a little bit, yeah. <laughs> you think yeah, you got the quality control, you know? Just, just um, and also, what did you guys think about um, Mitrovic starting over Blahovic and Jovic? You think that's the right decision, or you know what? Yeah, with 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 well, what I've noticed with international competitions, especially and international teams, is that they have their guys, and like Mitrovic has been banging in for Serbia for time. So I don't mm. think Blahovic, you just got a bit of hype because he's had a decent season at Florentina and all-right season because he's playing at Juventus, he's going to start over Mitrovic, who's literally... I think he's... Is he not their record goal scorer, if I'm correct? Yeah, yeah I think he has, like, yeah. 50 and 76 or something. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't you can't... I'm bugging. I'm, I'm going to check that again. But, yeah, I, but I definitely think he's a top like scorer. He's I definitely think he's a top scorer, so I don't think... I don't, I, I, I don't think you can really... You can really fault the manager for going with their literal um, top scorer, especially out of the strikers as well. Yeah, I've just, I've just Googled it. He has 50 goals and 76 appearances for Serbia. Imagine. That's, that's quite... That's very good. That's not that's not a small boy um, feat. Mm. I really want to ask, because obviously Serbia, they had no shots this game. Obviously, that, that's not down to him. Obviously, it's oh. the service as well. But... It's the service, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was, I was actually going to talk about that, because I think um, what Serbia done today, they played through the middle a lot. Um, especially for someone like Mitrovic, who relies on service from headers and from crosses, sorry, so he can get his headers off. I don't think they've done enough to get the ball wide. They were playing through the middle, and it makes sense because of the type of players that they have. Like Tadic was just playing just behind him, who's probably their their best creator in the team. With um, probably trying to play through Savic as well, so they didn't do it as well to get like the likes of Zipkovic, um, like you know, crossing the balls to get the best out of Mitrovic, which kind of played into Brazil's hands. I think with their setup as well, I think what we've seen with these teams when they when they kind of sit in, they're quick to like spring and counter. But it just felt like they were good defending, but they weren't so quick to counter or spring. Like, with Saudi against Argentina, like, as soon as they went behind, they were counter they were throwing men forward, blah, blah. Same with Japan as well. You know, Japan, when they beat mm. Germany, they were throwing guys forward. So you can't just sit in and soak pressure. Like, even if the defenders are doing well, you can't do that all game. You also have to have a threat. And just like they didn't have a threat. So, like, I would like them to see more, like, them. It's fine sitting in, but just have, have a goal. You know what I'm saying? Counter, throw guys forward. And throw, like Junior said, throw Chris into the box, see what happens, cause some chaos. But they were just sitting in without without really a threat going forward. I definitely feel like they were holding on more than they were actually defending well, if you get what I mean. Like they were kind of just not getting lucky, but doing enough to kind of prevent a goal. But it wasn't going to last for over 60 minutes, as we saw. No, I completely, I completely agree with that sentiment. It's, it's a little bit of a difficult one because I thought Mitch Rich was doing some 
aspects of creation in terms of trying to get the ball forward a little bit too, in the first half too. But second half, they were just pinned in so much. I don't think they could even break out if they even if they tried to. Because they haven't got that guy who can kind of bring the ball a little bit 10, 15 yards forward and start to spring out attacks. But kind of speaking of international managers having their favourites, um, I'm sitting with Charlson, um, as uh, Tobes like to say, Richie Ladd. Scores two in his World Cup debut. The first one is a proper poacher's finish. And the second one, um, I don't like the man, but I will say it's an absolutely sublime finish. Uh, Peter, as his number one fan, um, did did you, did that second goal move you today? One, I'm not his number one fan. I don't know where this is. So <laughs> I'm basically, apparently I'm the resident Everton fan in this chat because I don't hate Everton as much as these ones hate Everton. But like, I'm a, I'm a London, I'm a Liverpool London fan. Like, does that make sense? Like, why do I care if it's Everton? Nah, I completely hear you. I could so completely yeah. hear you. If I was a little fan, I would have given two, two hells about it. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, so, but yeah, no, nah, it's it, great, great finishes from um, Richardson. I think he just kind of got this kind of poacher about him where, like, he doesn't look too great. Sometimes, obviously, he's not as clean um, technically as people like, but he he sniffs danger. That's that's one thing about Richardson. He sniffs danger, danger, and he stays alert. He's kind of sharp. So then, obviously, the first the first goal um, is, is just a good finish. And the second goal, the improvisation for the second goal, wow. Like, obviously, he fixed it up, but then to adjust his body and to obviously his kind of good, great athletically and obviously to do that kind of um, athletic kick, it's, it's great for him, to be honest. So, um, yeah, he's obviously doing well for Brazil um, and that's clearly why the Brazil manager picked him. It's quite funny because on Twitter, everyone was just like, oh, how can Jesus not start? Boom, boom, boom. Oh, he's killing the beautiful game. This, this, that. And then he ends up scoring a goal in the tournament. So, yeah, it's funny, man. Funny. Yeah, I, I was very much guilty of that. I was like, for Charleston up front, this is not Jogo Benito. This is not what we're used to. Um, but yeah, man, prove me wrong. Fair enough. Um, Shams, what did you think of uh, Richardson's overall performance today, uh, goals aside? Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't think he was in the game that much, to be honest, like generally. Um, I think obviously Neymar had lots of touches on the ball, Vinicius had lots of touches, Rafinha likewise. Um, but obviously they kind of struggled to kind of like get the ball kind of in behind to him. I, I don't think it was too many occasions. Um, but as you said, like one thing about Richardson is that he's, he he in a, he comes alive in the box and he's very sharp. Mm. Um, and yeah, like as Peter said, he sniffs danger all the time. Um, but yeah, that second goal, it's just it's just instinct and confidence. Um, obviously he gets the first one and then from there he's kind of he's, he's only up. And, and as soon as that comes to him, there's no doubt. That he's gonna that he's gonna try that and it comes off. Um, that goal is is a really really good goal. It's gonna be hard to top that in terms of goals in the tournament. Um, but yeah, um, I think overall, I think Richie is dangerous. I think yeah, like Jesus is a very good player and has been very good for Arsenal this season. Um, but I don't know. I think Richie Richie is probably a bit more of a like a probably more of a natural nine than than Jesus. I think Jesus is gonna do more of the other stuff a little bit more. Um, I think they're both very good in the box, for sure. Um, mm. But I think, you know, the way tournament football goes, like once, like, for example, I, I can't see Jesus like starting over Richie now after after yeah. he's got two goals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's I how tournament football is. It's, it's all about momentum, do you get me? So, um, but yeah, he'll have, he'll have a good impact off the bench, to be fair to him. But um, yeah, credit to Richie, because those, that, that, that second goal was, was quality. Um, well, I think it would, it would be better. So I feel like it would be good to start Jesus if they had two absolute, like, pillars on the wings. So if they had two goal scorers on the wings and you had Jesus kind of linking up the play, doing all that stuff um, throughout the middle, that would be good. But I feel like Vinicius can get goals. I don't think Rafinha's got enough goals in him. So you need at least two of your front men to be, you know what I'm saying, hitters or shooters. 
And um, it would be, obviously, Vinicius and Richarlison. But I don't think Brazil have the two shooters on either side for you to play Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You need... That's why I feel like it makes sense to play Richarlison, I think. No, I think that's completely fair. Um, it's, it's kind of like a similar situation to France with Giroud. It's like, scored twice now. You can't really drop him. I don't think the manager will drop him anyway. So it's kind of like you have those talented strikers up there as well. Um Let's get some Liverpool and Chelsea propaganda up in the chat. Uh, Julian, clean sheet for Alisson. Uh, he didn't really do much, but we'll take it. We will, we will absolutely take it. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's his aura and his presence that kind of... Kept, it's the moustache as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it was the moustache as well. Like, you know, you know what I mean? This is how we do, man. You know what I mean? We've got to take the wins how we can. Um, Alisson, number one keeper. I don't know why that Edison you. I don't know what he's doing. Probably getting another neck tattoo or something, but... You know what I mean? <laughs> Alison just between the sticks. <laughs> Calm, composed and collective as always. Uh, Shems, clean sheet for um, Brazil's oldest uh, World Cup starter, Thiago Silva. Um, how do you how do you feel about his performance today? Because, I mean, they were alluding to Aura, uh, ironically enough, during the broadcast. It's like they've been listening to Touchline, you know. They've been listening to Touchline and kind of stealing all the key, key words. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he had loads to do, but... As usual, he just he just personifies calmness, composure, and and generally he does have a presence about him in um, in the back line. Um, so yeah, yeah, pretty pretty. I think it was a calm day at the office room. Um, nothing too heavy, um, but I do think Brazil have got a solid base to build on. You know, Alisson, Thiago, Marquinhos. That's 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 a very solid base, and then you've got Casemiro as well. That's quite a solid spine. So I think defensively from that foundation um, going forward throughout the tournament, they've 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 got a pretty solid base there. So. Um, I, I don't expect them to be like to concede loads of goals this, season, this tournament, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it's going to take a very good attacking outfit to to penetrate them uh, multiple times in the game. Completely agree. Uh, there's an embarrassment with Riches on that uh, bench as well when you've been truly deeper. Um, did Bruno even get on today? I think he did, did he? So, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a world class midfielder that didn't even touch the pitch. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of set out. For you guys, what after this after seeing this performance today, I think the second half specifically, um, obviously we'll kind of wait to see what happens in terms of Neymar's um, kind of ankle. What hope does this give you in terms of Brazil's ambitions for the tournament? Do you still think they can kind of go to the final and win it, or do you think they will fall short at some point? Oh, I've always been on the Brazil. Um, what is going to be in the final train? Um, Brazil, Argentina, definitely are definitely going to restore the feeling. Um, apart from Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia, but hey, um, but no, Brazil look really good, man. And what and what Brazil uh, in tournament football, it looks like you know you have to have a very good unit, people that players that want to play for each other, play that players that enjoy playing for each other. And Brazil, um, most of the time, seem to have that, but this time they definitely seem to have that. The way they were celebrating with Carlson once he got his goal, um, it just looked mm. like they're a proper proper unit, man. Um, I don't I don't think I've seen many performances that have been as dominant apart from Spain in the tournament so far. Maybe I'm wrong, apart from, of course, England as well. Maybe I'm wrong, but they are, they have had one of the most dominant um, performances against a decent side as well. Serbia are not a, a rubbish team to be having a dominant 2-0 performance against. Um, so it, 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 it doesn't go for nothing, that type of performance today. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Julian in terms of Brazil being there or thereabouts. Um, I think they've got too much quality for them not to be. Um, there's so many goals on that side, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, the bench as well. And then even people like Rodrigo, Martinelli, like these, these are the supposed bums of the squad, but like they have so much quality as well. So when you can bring guys like that on, 
um, yeah, after that, they'll be there about thereabouts. Gems. Yeah, well, yeah, Rodrigo is he's a baller. He he's a he's a baller. But um, yeah, I think it, it would be a massive disappointment if they don't get minimum semi. I think teams like Brazil, France, England, like when you look at the squad and how talented the squad is, it, I, I think it'll be a disappointment if they don't get semis at minimum. Um, and that's that's all three teams. Um, but I think with Brazil, I think it'll be um, you know, it'll be interesting to see you know going forward, um how they play against um, the, uh, the remaining teams in their group because obviously I feel like today like I said I feel like they, they it took them some time to warm up into it which is normal kind of you know first game vibes and stuff um, but yeah I think if they can just get the rhythm going in between their players and just build up like a chemistry then yeah it would be hard to stop them it would be um, but at the same time it could be on the flip side they, they, it's, it's possible they may, they may not get it going so I guess we'll just wait and see We'll wait and see indeed. I think their next game is uh, on Monday against Switzerland. So that'll be quite interesting. See how see how they go there. Um, but yeah, let's move on to my next game that we're going to cover. And of course, that is Portugal's win against uh, Ghana. A really, really good game. Really action-packed game. Uh, second half, it really came alive. What were you obviously the the, the man the man himself, the man of the, the man of the moment, Cristiano Ronaldo? It's been a fairly tumultuous fortnight for him uh there's obviously the interview with Pierce Morgan has his contract cancelled at Man United he's technically unemployed really when you think about it um so to be doing so to be doing this on the grandest stage of them all unemployed it, it gives you all hope in terms of what you can do in your own life in a way um what, what have your thoughts been on kind of his situation coming to this and what are you expecting from him in terms of defining his legacy at this tournament Julian I'll start with you um, my thoughts of him going into this has been the same as it's been for I would say the last two three years regarding Ronaldo. He's washed. Not okay. That's what I don't like saying. Okay, let me let me take that back. He's not washed. He's <laughs> not to the level that he once was. But the delusion that comes from his part is what makes him washed. Um, I would say so. Yeah, that that whole Piers Morgan stuff was a was a absolute madness. Um, he emptied the clip. As they say on the streets, um, he told he told the whole truth, the um, the tr- the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, on his end. Um, but yeah, um, going into it, you you saw the pictures as well of him like being with Dallo, forcing him to take pictures. You know, the, I, I would have thought. Is the truth calling really fat now? Is that what we're calling the truth? What sorry? Is the truth calling really really fat now? Is that is that what we're calling the truth? Uh? I'm not. I'm not someone to body shame, but Rooney has put on a, a few pounds over the last couple oh, of weeks. So, and and at the same age as well. So, boy, Ronaldo, Ronaldo might be talking. But anyway, um, away from that, going into the game, um, I can't lie. I didn't want to see Ronaldo happy, but hey, he's Ronaldo in it. So he got the penalty. Was able to slow it in. He looks very happy. Um, celebrating that penalty. Um, and he was very. You know, I wouldn't say he was lucky to get the win, but it was a it was a closely fought game. And Portugal. It's really weird to because Ronaldo he gets spare chances, you know, in these games, but he can't take them away. And it's just like, yeah. what is the point of Ronaldo if if he can't like if he can't tuck it away? You know what I'm saying? He gets chances. What's the point? It's the aura, man. Aura. You need you need his aura. Like he, he, him being on the pitch is just it just gives you that extra motivation if you're a Portugal player. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear it. I hear it. But yeah, I, don't, I know it's just strange um, to see. Um, him obviously his powers are fading and he just doesn't know but um yeah he, he still has that aura but yeah that Portugal side um 
It's that manager for me. I can't, man. That Santos guy, I cannot. <laughs> He's such a criminal. Like, I've never seen, like, I was reading a tweet earlier and it was like, imagine like Fonseca or AVB or someone's like in charge of that Portuguese squad. Like, we'd be calling them the favourites. But because we know we're going to see Danilo, we know we're going to see William Cavallo, we know we're going to see all these men playing games. Like, and it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, nah, man. He, like, he's playing Octa- like Octavio. Like, yeah, that was going to be my thing. So, you, 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 you got a proper killer like Rafaelio in that squad, yeah. And Atavio, he's like he couldn't even hit a cross to save his life. Like, what was going on? Do you, do you think it's because like um, someone like Rafael Rafaelio is more of a forward, and he has and he had a bit and he had a, a few forwards on the red lap with Ronaldo um, and he was done. So and and Jao Felix as well. So maybe no, he's no, no, you need some create and, and yeah, maybe you need some creativity. Hold that, he said, he said, you can have Felix. I'll take Octavio. <laughs> I'll take all these spell. Like, have a little, well, not too much. That's what, I think that's what you're trying to do. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just strange to see. And I think when Leal comes on, you see how excited he is. He's electric. He's when he goes past men, um, he scores. So it's just strange. And I think the kind of um, the kind of structure and the kind of way they're playing. I don't really know how they're playing because it's like they obviously have Ronaldo up top and they have kind of Felix buzzing around them. They have Bruno as well. But you just I'll don't know. What he's trying to play, I don't know. It's weird. To be honest here, yeah, I think Ronaldo messes up a lot for um uh, you've seen it with United, but you also see it with Portugal as well. Like even if, if Diego Jota was fit, um yeah, you we would do we would definitely see how much like uh an older Ronaldo who's obviously the centre of the team and everyone has to play around him can kind of affect the team as compared to if they were playing, for example, a front three of Rafael Leo, um Jao Felix and Bernardo Silva. So yeah, it's it's uh it's a weird one. Do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna slightly disagree, yeah. Because I'm looking at the starting lineup, and obviously uh, Bernardo played on the right, um, Fernandez midfield, Jao Felix in the forward line, and I think those I don't know anything about Octavio or whatever his name is, um, but the three I mentioned um, before are very similar. Like they're all samey types midfield. You know, they're they're trying to create. Um, yeah. They provide a bit of ingenuity. But none of them are real like killer forwards, so I think I think Portugal might be missing the trick in dropping one of them and then bringing in Liao because I think Liao with Ronaldo is it's it's quite it's quite a dangerous proposition. Real with yep. Ronaldo and Liao yeah. plus like let's Ooh. say plus Felix and then either Bernardo or Bruno in, mid, in the middle, you know, like that that that's enough for me. But um, but yeah, I think I think Bruno, Bernardo, and and Jao Felix are too similar to all be on the pitch, especially Bernardo and Jao. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's just my thoughts. So, Shems, are you thinking that this can work yeah, when he I'm... goes to Chelsea on a free? So, who's that? Ronaldo. So, when he ends up at Chelsea on a free, you think <laughs> that's how it works? You ain't gonna worry about that. He ain't coming, brother. So, I ain't gonna worry about that. I do completely agree, bro. I do completely agree with the sentiment, though. Um, so you kind of have um, Felix and uh, Liao doing a lot of the water carrying in a way, but they're still fresh at the same time, especially Liao. I mean. God, I mean, his finish was absolutely hilarious. The fact that he was smiling as he hit the shot when he went in. <laughs> was like, that's one of the best things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love the confidence Jao um, uh, Felix has um, also. So I know we're talking about Leo, but I love the confidence Jao Felix has when he's playing for Portugal compared to when he's playing for Atletico Madrid. Like, yes. the amount of freedom and the amount of times he actually gets onto the ball with players actually in front of him. It feels good, man, to watch him play without the shackles. Do you think he was good today? Um, I think he showed moments of, of that. 
he showed second moments. half yeah. definitely. I, I didn't think he was like a constant presence in the game. No, he wasn't. And I, and I, I don't know. Zhao leaves me wanting a little bit. Like I rate him, um, and obviously he's had a hard time at Atletico. But every time I watch him, I, I always want more. But but his mm. finish was quality though. His finish was quality. Um, I, I, he shows what he can do. I agree. I think one person that was a presence though that was constant in that game was Kudos. So like he was literally like, yeah. every time oh, danger, yeah. like danger, frogging up a guy, taking a shot. <laughs> I like he's serious. Like he he he's a serious player. Yeah. So he, let's he let's let's, let's 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 touch on that. Let's touch on Kudos a bit because there was some he was saying some crazy things coming into this game. You know, uh, I, I'm as good as Neymar. He was, tweet, he was tweeting about his elders. Tiago was tweeting that, and I, I know Tiago was sitting there and I was like, "Why am I in it? What the fuck did I do?" Um, kind of kind of vibe there. But you know, I was look, I was, I was thinking about kudos before the game started. And you know, like, you know that Michael Irving clip when he goes, "Look, nobody believes in you. Nobody. What? You let someone come into your house, take your meal. What are you gonna do about it?" And he showed up today. This when he moved out of midfield and went to the attack, I thought he was a lot better. I thought Ghana got going so much. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on him? Obviously, in general, um, kind of for this World Cup and the impact he can have for Ghana going forward as they kind of battle to get through this uh, fairly arduous group. I feel like that, that's African heritage, man. We saw Abubakar do it to Salah in the African Cup of Nations. You know, sometimes, sometimes I feel like you just got to shit on the, the other team's greatest player or whatever. I don't know, man. I don't know why they do it, but they do it. It's, it's, it's strange, but... Um, go yeah, quick, I, quick, quick. It's like you with Ellis, yeah? Go quick promo. You know what I'm saying? You're cool out of the old guard, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. I, no, I don't even know what his best position is because I feel like um, in the commentary, Ali, Ali McCoy was really insistent on the fact that um, kudos should be playing in that front line. Like he should be really more playing more forward, and he shouldn't be kind of dropping back. And um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with him. You know, I felt like especially in that kind of forward line, and when he was like driving the ball, striking players off, his end product he looks really good. Um, and then sometimes maybe when he was dropping back a bit, he was losing the ball, or maybe trying to do something a bit too extravagant in the middle of the field. So, um, but yeah, I really like him. It's quite funny because I think Everton were really close to signing him. Actually, this this window just that just went past, but he looks like exciting talent. Um, and yeah, I'd definitely like to see more of him, to be honest. I think Ghana were quite unlucky, to be honest, um, especially because they don't well to keep coming back. They were quite resilient. Um, I feel like their manager killed them because he took AU and Kudos off. Mm, I didn't get that. Took, that AU off his, took AU off his brother and I know he was like absolutely fuming as well because he's playing quite well. Yeah, and then Kudos was their best player on the, on the day. So it was a strange competition. What do you guys think of Ghana's performance overall then? I mean, that's that's a fairly tough group that they're in at the moment. Um, I think the, the the result earlier on kind of doesn't give them any leeway in terms of what they need to do for the rest of the competition. What, what are your thoughts on what they need to do now and how they set up for the, for this game for the rest of the group stages? Julian, I'll start with you. Uh, you know what? I think against Brazil, it's more than likely going to look like a loss. But I think they can try their chances with the fact that Brazil actually plays so positive. And they play with a less of a less of a defensive mindset. So if Ghana, like for example, as as Peter mentioned, that played Kudus, um, play Kudus in in more of a offensive position where he's up, um, up front more. Um, who knows what they could do? Who knows what they could do? But I wouldn't act like I'm not gonna act like they have the the quality to match Brazil or to even beat Brazil. To be honest, because up front especially, um, having Andre Ayew as your main shooter, all respect to Uncle and all that, but. Compared to you know <laughs> Ricarlison, uh, Vinicius Junior, Rafinha, Neymar, Rodrigo, uh, Jack Gabriel Jesus, it's 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 very techy, and I I don't think 
and they could, and also I do think they can, they're more than capable of getting a win against Serbia. So this 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 result here was uh, could be a bit of a kick in the teeth, especially um, uh, you know the way they performed, um, giving them a bit of confidence. But yeah, coming up against Brazil is a mad thing. Still, I can't lie. I don't think they're in the same group, you know. But um, they would face. I am stupid. Oh my god! I'm thinking that they're in the same group. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. I think that no, I think they do. Play, I think they would play them if they finish second. They, yeah, they? They, they, they'll play. They'll play Brazil if they go through to the last sixteen. Sorry, sorry, but, sorry, sorry. Um, Are they in a group yeah. with Uruguay and South Korea? Damn. Yeah, my yeah, apologies, yeah. listeners. Damn. Are they all right then? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I think. I think the game. The game against South Korea is make or break. Um, yeah. I think South Korea have got quality. Um, South Korea again, a bit like um, like some of the other smaller teams. They've they've got some quality, but obviously they're just a bit like a bit tentative in their first game. I, I expect them to come out. Um, in they had a really game. really solid base. Yeah, exactly. Day. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think I think the Ghana and South Korea game could be a shootout. Um, it'll be interesting though if that's the next game. Let me check who's. Oh no! So on Monday, yeah, yeah, that is the next game. So on Monday, it's South Korea Ghana. So that could be a shootout. Because um, both teams need to go for it, so. But I, I, I would fully expect South Korea to win that game personally. Um, so yeah, I think I'm not going out. So man, hold up. <laughs> Wait, why did Batman do the two as well when he scores, bro? What, what's going on there? Right. So <laughs> do you know what that reminded me of? Remember, like when Arsenal played Bournemouth years ago, and then like, they were oh, they're, they're still behind, and Gir- Giroud scored, and he was like started celebrating. And the man were like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, come back and get the ball on the halfway line. It reminded me of that. And the way the cameraman just like cut straight to Ronaldo and he was like, what's going on here? Like, how am I being disrespected like this? <laughs> it's embarrassing, man. We'll get a ball and restart, man. Embarrassing. That suit was for the fans, man. They, they, he needed to give them something to cheer for because, yeah, uh, that, was, that was ridiculous. Do you think my man was fed up of speed and was like, I need to kind of, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, his reaction to that is hilarious. Oh my word! <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. But yeah, but I hear it though, man. You're, it's your, it's your, you walk up in it like just go, go mad. You don't know when you're gonna score again. Yeah, I, I fully yeah, agree. all out while you can. I, I fully agree. Like a World Cup goal is a World Cup goal. Um, so at the end of the day, that, that might be that's probably gonna be the only one throughout his career. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I, yeah. I fully, I fully, I fully yeah, just go mad. You got to make it memorable, you know what I mean? You got to make your mark. That guy from Iran with a throw in from uh, 2018. You know what I mean? You got to make memorable moments. It's what the people remember at the end of the day. Um, yeah, again, kind of going back to Ronaldo for one second. Uh, it's really funny that the, the actor who plays Homelander in, uh, in The Boys uh, was tweeting his support for Portugal. Um, and I was saying to some of the boys earlier on, he's really not beating Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not beating these Homelander allegations in the slightest whatsoever. So it's um, it's looking a bit peak. Julian, I know you can relate to that one. Relate? No, but know about yes. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot relate at all to those two to those two villains, super villains, bro. Nah, but I, I hear it. I hear it, man. It's it's a bit funny. It's a bit funny still. Um, stay on that, stay on that second Ghana goal for a second. Um, one man who should be put under the spotlights, by the way, in terms of uh, defenders, is uh, Mr. Cancelo. He, he was a little bit of iffy for the game hey, as well. I've been on um, him. I've been on him for a minute because he gets away with it actually. Because obviously, 
Not only does he, he doesn't play in his, in his actual right back position, he plays on the left, right? And he essentially plays as, a, as an extra attacking outlet for them. And obviously City, mm. teams hardly attack down the flanks against City. Um, and more often than not, he, he just doesn't have to defend like, at all, like, plain and simple. Um, but yeah, like in moments when he is asked to defend, so um, there was a couple games recently in the Prem and then today as well. He, yeah, he doesn't look up to it. I can't lie to you. I, I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm actually impressed. I think the Salah mistake is unforgivable, to be honest. Yeah, that was the one. So you had the Salah one. And I think there was a moment against Brentford as well. I might be wrong in there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he, he's not convincing. I'm sorry. He, he's genuinely not convincing defensively. Um, he he's amazing he going forward. But yeah. I'm not convinced. Sorry. I think he hasn't got good defensive fundamentals. Like, you know when someone, like, in the defensive, action, the defensive actions, they just make the right decision constantly. Like, they just kick it out. Like, say if they're in trouble, they'll kick it out or they'll shepherd a guy to the byline or something like that. But, like, with Cancelo, he seems to make some odd decisions or he seems to, like, let a, def- let a striker maybe get in or lets a, lets a defender, put, I mean, lets a midfielder put a cross or something like that. These defensive fundamentals are a bit, they're a bit strange. And when he does get tested, um, he seems to kind of fail. And that seller mistake is another one. Like, I don't know how he doesn't clear that and he doesn't really get rid of it. But, and then today again, yeah, I think it's just something to watch, you know. And obviously, obviously, where Man City win every week and they don't lose, so the spotlight isn't really on him. But um, I think it should be, to be honest. They, like, they, they, they don't defend really in the Prem. They, yeah. Yeah. I was going to, yeah. I was going to mention the fact that, yeah, Cancelo definitely benefits from being in a high possession team where where they always have the ball and it, it, it hardly hardly have not hardly but it wouldn't it's very rare in the game where someone's actually taking him on um, in, in in with force trying to take him on and as you mentioned people the decisions that he makes sometimes even when he's getting taken on it's like raw now why are you letting him go that way why why are you why are you kicking the leg out here so yeah he's he's very fortunate and I remember Touchland came up with a phrase of 80% pet a couple of years ago and definitely like that for Cancelo. It'd be interesting to see if he can replicate, if he can replicate what he does going forward for Portugal. Mm. Yeah, what he does going forward, I mean, for Man City is, is fantastic. So it'd be interesting to see if he can replicate that. Yeah, even even at Juventus, I was impressed with him. I liked him at Juventus. Um, obviously, I wasn't watching Serie A when we can recap, but some of the games that I caught of him at Juventus, I, I was impressed. Um, and I wanted, I wanted him before he went to Man City. Um, just because I thought attacking wise he was top, but yes. yeah, I'm definitely not convinced uh, that that defensive side of the game. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm not convinced at all. He plays, and, he plays like a winger, though. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my point. He, he literally plays, he plays like, like a winger. He plays as a yeah. winger. he plays as a left winger for Man City. Do you know what I mean? So it's that, yeah. that that in itself is a cheat code, and it's essentially he's not playing his position. Do you know what I mean? Not only is he not playing on the right, but he's actually playing as on the wing. Um, for City um, and he's actually got great 1v1 ability you know does a lot of damage great. in the final third but yeah that, it's, it's, it's I, I'm, I'm going to be watching him very very carefully from now on <laughs> Peter how shocked were you that um, Ruben Neves actually started today and it wasn't yeah, William very, very shocked <laughs> um, he still played Danny Lowe so Danny Lowe was playing centre-back but funny enough I actually, I've been watching Danny Lowe for um, PSG play centre-back and he's actually quite good at it um, he's got good mm. fundamental He's actually decent on the ball, but um, yeah, I was actually shocked to see him um, Neves play. I thought I thought we'd have a goal with Jao Paulinho or William Cavallo, but um, yeah, it was nice to see him. But um, I like I like Paulinho. If it was me personally, I had the choice. I'd probably play Paulinho just because he's got that physicality and he, his ball recoveries are insane. 
So yeah, yeah, he's crazy players in front of him. Um, I think it would make sense to play Paulinho as, as as a lone six. I felt asking a lot for Neves to do as a lone six. I thought like Neves is probably best in a in a pivot. Wait, is that the Paulinho that used to play for Tottenham? No, Fulham. No, I don't Fulham. Fulham. Oh, I was gonna say, bro. <laughs> 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 Well, it's the follow one, yeah. His ball recovery is um, insane. Yeah, he's got a work rate, man. He, he's really good. Um, yeah, William Carvalho always makes luck because he's had the same moustache for like 10 years, it seems like. Um, it's like he never thought of shaving it off, but uh, I you know, fair play. Um, but yeah, that, that, that was a really good game of football. That was, that was, that was the easy game of the day uh, for me. Had drama, everything. I mean, um, I, I, what's that goalkeeper? Diogo Costa. The, the Porto yeah. goalkeeper that everyone keeps raving on about, but like, oh, you, my God. we're all, we're all, hammed all the time. Bro. <laughs> so, it, so we keep hearing this in in the Kef chat basically about how everyone really raced this Diogo Costa guy. But every single time we've played Porto, we've like absolutely packed he them in. Many mistakes every time we play him. It's all the stat guys, all the stat guys keep telling me this Diogo Costa is making so many saves. This is that. So when I watched the Champions League, I think there was one game we beat him like 6-0 or 6-1 or something like that. And it was like, four, for like all four or five goals. Do you remember that? I think that that was group like game, four. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's your thoughts on him, Shemi? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, you guys play poor like every other year, so I can't actually remember <laughs> which particular one. You found him like five goals every That's other fair. year as well, man. I don't know if you fixed that. You don't fix that fixture for sure. But um, to be honest, no, to be honest, Peter, I don't, nobody's watching Nobody is watching um, because I, I even had to throw it in the Chester group chat because these men like that means and bad they they won him in it and I was like I, I, you remember watching this guy because I'm not sure like based on what I'm seeing it's not it's not looking good um, but yeah I'm I'm convinced people aren't watching um, obviously he plays for Porto so yeah um, that's pretty much confirmation that nobody's watching Portuguese league um, so I ain't got no thoughts on him because I haven't really watched him um, but yeah today he did he didn't he didn't feel. Um, he didn't film me with confidence from what I saw. Um, but yeah, yeah, it would probably be one to one to keep the, the 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 shocking lack of awareness, by the way, for when he rolled roll the ball out. Um, and Anaki Williams slipping as well when his big moment was right in front of him was just it's what we all love about the World Cup, man. He provides us with these moments where we just kind of like sit there in awe and shock. But yeah, hopefully, we get more, more group games like that as the coming weeks go on and we kind of head into. Um, those crunch time games that really decide a lot of teams' fates going forward. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So moving on, the next game we're going to cover um, is Uruguay against South Korea. 
Um, was it your guys' first game? It's been so period, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, this is probably the worst game of football that we've seen throughout the tournament so far. Um, nil nil. Uh, the chance creation was really low. Um, let's start off by analysing um, Luis Suarez's body fat because he has been enjoying wherever he's playing his football at the moment, boy. And we know, we know, we, bro. We know that those those puma tops are not they're not flattering. They're not very they're not very forgiving, in it. You know what I mean? Um, if you're not in shape. And bro, no, he, Scott 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 Steiner would, would have had a field day with him. That's all I'm gonna say. He would not have been kind. Yeah. <laughs> no, that reminds me of that reminds me of Brown's tweet. Um, he must have tweeted the Cameroon kits from back in the day, and they were hella tight, bro. Like, they were, <laughs> they were, <laughs> them kits were skin tight, bro. And and the, and the vest as well. That, yeah, like, the vest yeah, ones are iconic, yeah, man. That's, that's iconic, bro. That's crazy. They need to bring the back. They need to end the ban on vests, man. We need to bring the vests back. Bring but you back, know for sure back. those, you know those skin tight ones. You know there's a few uncles definitely running around in those from the glory days. <laughs> One thousand um, percent. He was looking good, man. He was looking so washed. That'd be so real. Like you know when a, like, a team is playing with like ten men and like, off the ball, you can't press in build up. He's trying to get it on in build up, but you just kind of got that athleticism to do what he wants to do. He's losing it. Yeah, it's just. Like, even when Cavani came on, he was light and day ahead of, like, what Suarez looked like. And yeah. I'm not saying Suarez is probably still not a poacher. He probably still can get a goal. But in terms of, like, in build-up and, you know what I'm saying, playing an actual gameplay, not, not looking good, Brad. Not looking good. Like, I felt no, like it, it hamstrung, hamstrung Eurograph today. Yeah, he, he ain't it, man. There were times where, like, he was, he was, like, trying to lead the press. And then, like, guys just running past him too fast. And, they were, and it was too fast. Like, Valverde was just ducking ahead of him when he was on the counter-attack. And I was like, boy, this is sad, man. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, yeah, it just looked like... And it looked like because of Suarez's influence, obviously being the top scorer of Uruguay and all that, they really wanted to find him all the time. And they and everything was playing through him. And when someone... He just looked so off it phys- physically and fitness-wise. Um, everything's played through someone that's physically and, fit- and fitness-wise not there. It's going to just, just genuinely not not be a good sight to see and yeah he looked he looked super washed it was crazy well their setup was was really awkward as well today in terms of like I know obviously they, they do have some good players I was interested to see Diego Godin still playing but yeah wow but um like obviously they have Valverde and um on, Chris, what you well I was gonna say Diego I remember Diego Godin like that one Atletico Madrid season, like 13-14, yeah? I, I, yeah. Thought, I swore he was like 36 back then. So God knows how old he is now. <laughs> he's like Cali- I think he's like Caligari now, something like that in Italy. But, um, but yeah, and then also, they have Valverde and Bentico in the middle, obviously good players. But I felt like they were kind of obviously trying to play like maybe like a 4-3-3 with um, Nunes on the left, Suarez in the middle, Pellistri on the right, and then like um, a three in the middle. And I felt like Valverde was just playing too deep. So I think what they could have done to really maximise what... Because they had no creativity up, up top. They couldn't really get the ball to Suarez and Nunes and create chances for them. And mm. they kind of fallbacks were insistent on playing through the middle and not crossing it in. And I feel like if you got presence like that, just when Cavani came on, why don't you just cross the ball in or have some creativity out wide? Palestri, by the way, absolutely... why he's not made at me. You just couldn't do anything. You're like a teenager. Um, and then, like, I think Nunes looked like a kind of a bright spark, but... Just that he looked kind of isolated and they couldn't he couldn't really get the ball in dangerous areas. So he would try and get on the ball, maybe go past the player. There was one way he kind of flashed across, but he didn't even get to Suarez. But yeah, it did just no creativity. 
And I thought Valverde and Betico were having decent games, but they couldn't really get on the ball in Danish areas because they were trying to too busy trying to build up. So I don't, I don't maybe they should have played like maybe a Torreira um, in the middle and then maybe pushed Valverde on the right or pushed Valverde yeah. further forward and then played um, Nunes through the middle with so like a four four two maybe or something like that. But it just felt like they kind of they didn't really they, it was a mismanaged of talent maybe in the positions. I thought I thought it was interesting because. South Korea, the way they set up, like the, the gap between their midfield and defense was so small, like there was no gaps at all. And obviously, yeah. like um, when they didn't have the ball, like Sun would be like they had eleven men behind the ball, literally. Like Sun, yeah. Sun was literally behind the ball. Like literally, every man was behind the ball, and the gaps were mad small in between the lines. So there was no space. So what you saw a couple of times, yeah, um, I think so. Their centre backs, um, Jimenez, he was just going from back to oh. front, one long ball. Um, and he's passing quality, by the way. And I think it created two yeah. chances. One for Valverde. And I think yeah. it was one for Nunes. I can't remember. Yeah, um, yeah it was, yeah. And, yeah, and um, that that just seemed like the only way that they were going to kind of get in somehow. Um, but yeah, like you said, Uruguay just have no innovative players. Um, so there was no way they were going to break down South Korea, um, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think they got, they got to move on from Suarez for sure. Um, because he 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 looks bad. Um, uh, I don't know what is Cavani fit. Like I know he's um, on the bench today, but no, he, 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 they, they, they just prefer. I think they just prefer Suarez. You know, like I yeah, mean, that, if they want to put him on the wing. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. I think they got to find a way to. Um, they they got to move on from Suarez, and they have to find a way to make Nunes and Cavani work because that yeah. would be their best kind of. Um, that would literally be their best hope of doing anything in this tournament. Um, yeah, I don't think is Plesky a winner. By the way, is he an out and out winner? Boy, he's, he's got no, he's got no PMP to save his yeah, life. He, oh, he weren't very yeah. good. He weren't very oh, good. Yeah. I, 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 I was, was going to mention. I, I was kind of surprised that um, Uruguay didn't go four four two today. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that. You know, Nunes um, is a good outlet from the wing, and you know, Pelestri's there too, and he and he's fast, I guess, but. I think a four four two would have worked with the personnel that they have. They could have had um, some midfielders to kind of do the dog work, to kind of do the leg work, and kind of have Suarez as the kind of deeper, deeper forward out of the two, and maybe have Nunes the one that's um, kind of bombing forward. But yeah, I'm surprised that they they kind of went with Suarez as the lone striker on these ones because even when Nunes was trying to pop in in those positions, Suarez was kind of occupying the 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 middle. So yes, yeah, it it was a bit of a strange decision. I can't lie because looking at their team. You would think that they would have went for four four two because the wingers are bleeding, like bleeding bad. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there was no kind of like cutting edge to kind of get into there, and you know, not playing Nunes through the middle, which is absolutely weird. I can kind of completely agree with the point you made earlier, Peter, about Valverde kind of playing really deep. It made no sense for him to have to drop back that deep and then push it 10, 15 yards forward. Like, it just didn't need to receive it that far deep. Like. He, Plays further forward for Real Madrid anyway, so you kind of have it up there normally. But he is levels though. He's levels, like bro. That guy, I mean, that guy like, is ridiculous as a footballer. He's ridiculous man. Like he's got everything, and he's and he's like it looks like he has a proper engine on him. Like he mm. he wasn't running from minute one to minute nine, like from when he came off. Like he was really good, man. Really good. He's like talking about South Korea for a minute. He's, you kind of have those preconceived ideas that you know it's just going to be son or son or bust, but. I mean, the biggest chance of the game fell, fell for Huang, who really should have buried it. I mean, he ballooned it over the bar. It was like, I think the XG of it was like point, point 0.4. So 
So he should have absolutely buried that. But no, I mean, as a unit, they played ridiculously well. Guys, guys saying they should sign Hwang for their club. Do you remember that? That little period. I hate Twitter sometimes. I remember Hwang went on like a five-game, six-game run for Wolves. And then, oh, you should sign him. I think Arsenal fans saying, like, oh, like, relax, like, relax. I don't know. I just hate Twitter sometimes. Out, man. I don't think he. Even, I don't think he even starts for Wolves anymore, which is the funny thing. And they literally don't have a striker to save their life, so um, it's it's a bit peak. But yeah, it, I think that this result makes that group just so much more interesting um, and raises the stakes even more. So you know, I think Uruguay's next game is against who is Uruguay's next game against? Is it is it actually Ghana? Because if that that is the grudge match of all grudge matches as well, consider the history that's behind it. No, um, oh, is it is it? <laughs> Can't be Brazil, they're in the same group. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, Are you see, Shems? It's not easy, is it? No, it is. So it's so it's South Korea, Portugal, which is going to be a great game in itself, and then Ghana, Ghana Uruguay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, you, you, Uruguay. Yeah, they could be in trouble with the way that they play. I thought, I thought, um, based on personnel, they could have actually made it out. But now, nah, looking mm. at the tournament now, I don't think. With the way that they played, like they're 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 assuming to come out of this group, like Ghana can really really stick it on them in the next game and possibly get a result. So I read I read that wrong, by the way. It's actually Portugal Uruguay the next game, uh, and South Korea Ghana. Uh, but the okay, cool. Ga- the Ga- the Ghana Uruguay game is the is one of the last ones in the uh, group stages. So so yeah, man, uh, that's gonna be. I'm pretty yeah, sure that... the FIFA gods the FIFA gods fixed that. They must. Have they fixed did, that. man. Listen, Monday's games are really interesting. Cameroon, Serbia, South Korea, Ghana, Brazil, Switzerland, and Portugal, Uruguay. Hey, man, I am man. Again, no work done on Monday. Um, let's just put that one out there <laughs> real quick. Um, uh, yeah, how how you how you not felt felt about it? By the way, like um, so 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 for me in terms of watching the football while while she working. So for me, I have to do two days in the office. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and the two ten o'clock games have been like the two surprise games. Um, as well, so I've literally just been sitting at my desk with ITV Hub, which is the worst possible thing ever to watch things on because the tape delay is like it's like watching it from a time warp. Um, <laughs> so literally, like when Saudi Arabia scored that goal, um, the absolute screamer, I was like at my desk, I was like, oh my, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. Like, like all the girls in the office was like, what the fuck are you doing and what's going on? So it's um it's 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 been it's been quite the experience to, to say the least. How have you guys found it kind of watching football like when you've been in the office? Um well I've I've been watching it from home <laughs> mainly because um like the kind of nature of my work, whilst World Cup is on, we're, we're less busy. So yeah, I've I've been I've been loving it. So yeah, I me mean, it's ten, what is it? Games at ten all the way up till like nine PM. I need more of that, man. I need more of that. <laughs> Inject it, it in my veins, man. Bro, I'm just watching, watching football. So yes, I love it. Julian Shams. No, nah, for me, it's it's pretty calm because to be fair, I work for a sports media company, so they're pretty big on watching the World Cup anyway. Like they we have loads of TVs around the office, and we have like a big one in our town hall. Um, so yeah, literally, our offices are quiet most days for the World Cup because everyone's at home. So literally, like when the game is on, I'll be I'll be working like in the town hall most most hours. I love it, man. I absolutely love it from ten to what, nine, till I get home. Um, yeah, we're just watching football. I, I can't, I couldn't wish for more um, around this Christmas period. And also, love actually the fact that all the players seem a lot more ready and a lot more sharper than they do 
um, at the start of World Cups. So yeah, man, I'm I'm liking it so far. Um, to, to be honest, when I'm in the office, I don't really get to watch as much. Um, they did say they were going to put a TV downstairs, but they ain't done it yet. But um, so it's mainly when I'm when I'm working from home, so I can just have it on in the background. Um, and I just multi- multitask. Um, and to be fair, it's, multitasking is, is is actually easier than I thought. I, I thought it'd be a struggle, but there's certain <laughs> things. There's, you know, there's certain tasks at work which like don't yeah. require yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can kind of do you can kind of do two things at once. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I've been there. It's, it's been all right to be fair. Um, I think the morning games, like so, like the the ten o'clock ones. I think they, those are the ones that have produced the most nil nils, isn't it? So like it kind of warms up a little bit. So I know like yesterday, I think there was two there was two nil nils on Tuesday. I think it was um, there was one yesterday, I think, and then there was one today. Um, no, sorry, there wasn't one today. No, no, there was there was sorry the Euro. Yeah, there was. So they always yeah. they, 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 they always come like in the early kind of parts of the day, like like early afternoon. So then, like, it, and it just warms up kind of towards the end of the day, which is perfect. Um, when when all the, the actual proper goal math action kicks in, so yeah, it's not been too bad. It's it's been it's been fun, man. I didn't really have like World Cup fever coming into it. You know, when you're a kid, and, you know, you always get pumped up for the World Cup and stuff like that. Um, I always kind of feel that 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 little kind of you know uh, that vibe always sticks with you for all the major tournaments. You kind of get that vibe heading into it the week before. And it's not honestly, it's not until probably Tuesday. Actually, too fair, probably when the England game kicked off. I've just kind of got that vibe back. And it's, it's been quite nice, man. It's been nice, like 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 everyone said, it's been nice having the games from early to the night. There's always something going on, there's always something to talk about, which is just great. Um, and yeah, man. It's weird that it's this close to Christmas, but hey, I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it at all. Um so let's let's quickly cover the last game um, and the first game, ironically from from today, uh, Cameroon against Switzerland. Switzerland won one nil. Um, the look on Mbolo's face as he scored uh, was one of pure guilt, um, which I thought was um, was quite sad, really. Um, I thought Cameroon played extremely well um, in this game, and I thought they were really unlucky to kind of just be on the result on, on the on the end of a losing result. Um, Julian, what were your thoughts kind of like coming out of this game? Um, are you kind of thinking that Jean Shakiri is back or no? Yeah, that's what he thinks. He thinks nothing of Jordan Shakiri. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was on mute. I was going to say, uh, I would say Jordan Shakiri wasn't exactly on my mind um, going into this game, but. Um, He's on someone's you know, mind. Tell you that off. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, one thing I'll give Jordan Shakiri, yeah, and I really had a big issue with him um, at Liverpool. Um, but one thing I'll give him about Switzerland, he's a mainstay. He is actually certified, like on the international level. He's a like he does play. Um, he has been a mainstay in Switzerland since he was what maybe nineteen years old, nineteen twenty years old. Like mm-hmm. a lot of tournaments, he's he's well respected in this thing, man. I'll give him that, and I think he got nice. Uh, he got he got the assist today, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, he's levels, man. He's levels. You know, you got assist for uh, um, Bolo, who obviously shall not sleep tonight. The ancestors will keep him awake for his crimes. Um, put you putting your hand up and you know not celebrating isn't enough. Can't believe you've done that, mate. No, I'm joking. No, but hold that <laughs> him, man. Hold that him. That must have been such a head rush, like um, scoring against the country you was, you was literally born in, um, in the World Cup on the biggest stage as well. Um, is that his first World Cup goal? I think it is, uh, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> what a way to open your account, isn't it? But, yeah, man. Don't tell him, innit? You won't, you won't be sleeping tonight. He, 
He won't be sleeping tonight, indeed. I think uh, Switzerland. Speaking of uh, Jurgen Kiri heritage, I think they've got to play Serbia at some point, haven't they? Um, obviously, we know what happened the last time um, Switzerland went up against Serbia. Him and Xhaka uh, doing the old um, eagle, I think. Um, apologies to all the Albanian listeners. Uh, I will clarify myself that what that was for, for myself, but obviously that produced unreal content. Um, oh my god, they're in the same. They're in the same group. They're in the same group. Wow, it's a, leg- okay. it's a legacy game. It's a legacy game for Shakiri and um, and Jaka. So um, Ghana, so, yeah. Ghana, Uruguay, and 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 Switzerland, Serbia. That is, the World Cup gods have been good to us. It's what it's all about. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what it's all about. Um, Shems, um, we surprised that um, Dennis Sakaria um, didn't play. Oh, I actually forgot he's um, from Switzerland, but. Um, to be, yeah, he, to, to be fair, he hasn't played a lot um, of football at club level, so I, I guess pro- pro- probably not. Um, I don't really know too much about like the Swiss midfielders, but you know, obviously Jack has been in great form. Forest. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, yeah, Zakari, Zakari hasn't had a lot of game time, so I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if he can really have too much. Um, complaints, but um, he, he's a quality midfielder, though. Um, but but generally, I, I agree with you, Chris. I, I was impressed with Cameroon because um, I thought their four like so in Burmo, um, and well, in Buebo and in Guisa on that, um, yeah, right hand side were really good, yeah, yeah. I like him, Guisa, I like him still, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought they linked up well man. and they, look, they looked bright, um, going forward, they were causing Switzerland some, um, uh, yeah, Switzerland some problems. Um, particularly in that first half. I think the first half was pretty even. Um, but then kind of I Switzerland, agree. I think second half kind of just took over a little bit. And obviously they got the goal, so which was good for them. But um Cameroon, I think Cameroon they didn't they, they had nothing to be ashamed of. That was a decent performance. Um it'll be interesting to see if they can get something from their next game. Um which is yeah, which is against Serbia on Monday. Um but yeah, I think I think they've got they've got enough quality to at least get one victory in, in their group, potentially. Um, from what they showed today, I think they can definitely give, give Serbia something. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I think I think they definitely had a more cutting edge than, like, Senegal, for example. Um, I think the quality of chances that they they, they, they created today was, was better than, like, Senegal. Um, I'd say probably, probably maybe about, probably, I'd say as a, as a unit, they probably looked a bit better than Ghana. Um like as a team, kind of the way they kind of linked up with each other and stuff. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It'll definitely be interesting of, to see. I was going to say, a lot of these teams are just missing that final, especially African teams are missing that final, final person to just get the final finish. Like there's a lot of good build-up play that I'm seeing um, and a lot, of, a lot of intensity and energy being shown. But just that final like shot, that final pass that they want to make, is just not connecting. But I want to I want to give an honourable shout out to Chupa Moting though. Like I don't know how this guy like keeps reinventing himself every single time I see him, but he, he just keeps growing and upgrading every single time. Like he played quite good today. I can't lie. I think he was yeah, he was really the best good player today. for me. Yeah, he was. He is. He's, he was playing playing quite well, and he's actually in good form for Bayern Munich. Um, and playing on front for him where Mane's been injured. But do you know? What? I was just thinking. I was just thinking to myself then, like, fam, like we're in trouble, you know. Like Liverpool fans, like. We're in big trouble. Like in terms of, like, when I look at people's midfields, yeah, and I look at people like I actually get jealous. Like, why am I getting jealous? 
Like, man was looking at Greaser like, bro, we could do with him. Bro. <laughs> hey, man, you, hey, man, you know, you know, you, you know, you know when, when I knew it was bad, yeah? I went to Fahi the other day when I was watching Saudi Arabia play. I was like, hey, man, they, you know, they're quite physical. They're intense. It reminds me of an old yes. Liverpool midfield, man. They're combative. I'm like, hey, bro, when, when we played Napoli and Greaser was slapping our heads, like, Hennessy, like, well, no, it wasn't Hennessy. It was Elliot Milner just bouncing off him, like, I'm just thinking, like, we do well to have a midfielder that was combative like that. <laughs> like, honestly. And I think, Chevy, you're kind of going for the same problem now, where all your midfielders are starting to age and you guys are kind of getting injuries in your midfield and stuff like that as well. So, um, but yeah, like, just, I keep, and even like Croatia, I was looking at their midfield as well. I was looking at um, Brozovic, Kovacic, Modric. I know they didn't win, but there's certain midfielders in this World, World Cup and I'm just thinking, damn. Damn. This is when you watch a midfielder and just hold on to the ball that is physically strong. You're like, wow, wow, wow. This is, <laughs> this is, this is what, this is what midfielders are supposed to be like. Bro, it's like even like the amount of times Paqueta won the ball back today, like playing in a deeper role for Brazil. I was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like me, me and Peter have been such a big fan of him for the past few years. And we're like, oh, he'd be really good oh. for me. Or maybe we could, we could play him as an attacking midfielder. He could kind of do. But one thing we've always like, could he do the defensive stuff? And he's like, oh, he actually does the defensive stuff as well. So this is fantastic. Today, they had Vitinha and um, Mateus Nunes on the bench. Didn't even get on. Cool. Um, <laughs> they'd all walk into Liverpool's midfield. Um, anyone would. Um, so that's great. Um, I want to give a quick shout out, um, especially to Andre Anana. Um, he was really good today. And it's nice to actually see him playing football, especially all that shit he went through with a ban. Um, so yeah, man, it was just good to see him. I mean, he pulled out some really good saves. He had that really, sh- I don't know if you guys remember, he had that really shitty um, drugs ban that was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should never have been given. Um, and he basically just like ruined two years of his career. So it's actually nice to see him kind of like be there on the international stage and put in a ridiculously good performance. Um, because he pulled Cameroon out of it a few fair few times. Um we didn't get uh Noah, Noah Okafor watch, um, which I know a few people were hoping for. Um he's been linked with a few Premier League clubs uh for this for this winter. So it'd be nice to kind of see him get a few games um if Switzerland do well. But yeah, um, all these all these games have, have been really interesting. It's set up some really interesting kind of ties down the road too, especially as we and you know uh, as we move on to tomorrow, we're going to get into kind of like the second group, second stage of group games, and it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what what happens. But what are your guys' expectations from some of the games that are coming up tomorrow? Obviously, we know there's going to be the massive tie for for England against the United, against the United States. Um, we've also got Wales Iran, which again has massive implications for for Group B. Qatar Senegal, um, you'd like to think that Senegal would win that, and of course Netherlands Ecuador. So, what are your thoughts on some of the games that we're going to see tomorrow? Um, what I'm going to say is just England move me, just just move me, give me something to work with England, man. I'm, I'm trying to put in little stocks, little just, just move me, and I'll, I'll do the rest. That's that's what I'm going to say. Give Listen, me. if you see if you see Peter with uh, with a um, you know some Georgie flag running down Regent Street, um, they, you know they've moved him. <laughs> It's funny you say that because personally, I, I could be wrong, but personally, I fully expect England to impress tomorrow. Um, I just think that um, even though albeit Iran are like mint or like lower opposition, but I do feel like that that result has is going to bring a lot of confidence to the team, especially the attacking players. So like your Sackers, um, you know, 
Um, even Rashford coming on, he looks super confident. Sterling got a goal. I just feel like they're mm. going to ooze with confidence. Um, so I think I think they'll beat USA quite comfortably tomorrow. Um, USA looked pretty good against Canada for like 50 minutes, and then they kind of just run out of steam, really. Um, but yeah, I think England will have too much for USA. Um, I think Senegal, if Mendy decides to be a proper footballer, um, <laughs> should be able to beat Qatar. Um, uh, who's the other game again? Sorry, Chris. Netherlands. 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 That would be interesting because Netherlands. Be a nice tussle. Yeah, Netherlands weren't too impressive um, against uh, Senegal, to be honest with you. Um, again, <laughs> Mendy absolutely killed them. <laughs> if it wasn't for Mendy, Senegal would probably get a point that day. This guy's disgraceful. Fuck. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Um, I didn't watch the Ecuador Qatar game for obvious reasons because that just yeah, sorry, I'm just not watching that. Um, but I think I think yeah. that'll be an interesting tussle. Um, so yeah, yeah, tomorrow's game should be quite interesting to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think I think England will impress personally. I definitely think yeah. England will impress. Yeah, I, I, was gonna say, yeah, I think yeah, England. Um, I definitely think they're gonna impress against uh, USA. I think they'll get a few goals, actually, because I, I wasn't... Even though USA were doing some exciting things in the game against Wales, like, for you to draw against Wales is a bit mad to me. I can't lie. Um, because, yeah, the Wales weren't particularly good. It took a moment of magic for them to get their goal. Um, so, yeah, I think England will actually... They're just a more mature side in terms of in this football thing. So, I expect a, a probably, like, a, a pretty convincing win. Um, Wales-Iran... I think Wales. I think Wales will win that game. Um, they, you know, the first World Cup in a while. They want to get that that win after getting that um draw, putting putting off that draw in the last in the dying minutes of the game. Um, Qatar Senegal again. I think Senegal um should beat Qatar. Qatar were really like. The, I'm pretty sure like. That's a bit mad, but I guess. But yeah, that the Qatar team is just not levels. Like I don't know if any of them play football professionally like that. Um, or if it's a side job for them, but they looked absolutely cheeks against Ecuador out of all countries. So that'll be that'll be very interesting. And um, Netherlands Ecuador, surprisingly, I'm I'm with Shems. Um, he said he said it will be interesting. Um, it will be actually an interesting interesting game because I thought I swear that Ecuador. I don't know if Qatar were that bad that they made Ecuador look that good, but <laughs> Ecuador Ecuador looked like they they had something they had something going. Like you saw a couple of guys that you ain't seen in years, like Enna Valencia in that, and you're like rah. Like this might be your World Cup where you, you know what I mean, get another move back into Europe. So yeah, man. Yeah, so last time I saw Eddie Valencia, it was in a video clip of him faking an injury to not get arrested on the pitch. So I mean, talk about comeback. Um it's like OJ in the Bronco. Um but yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be interesting for sure in terms of like the midfield battle more than anything, because that's where I thought Netherlands in that game were really shocking in, in a weird way. They just didn't kind of have enough impetus from midfield. And the fact that uh, you know, it, the game completely changed when Memphis Depay came on. So if he's going to be fit and available, that definitely kind of pushes the game a little bit more more in their favour. But it's really going to be an interesting battle for sure. Netherlands weren't good. They weren't good. Against, no, they weren't. Um, against Senegal. So I'm, I'll, be, I'll be pretty... They either back up their ideas and perform a bit better. Um, but I don't... Yeah. I'm going to go with Netherlands, though, because Ecuador, I don't know if Qatari was just that bad that they're tricking me into thinking that they were a decent side. I'm going to say, yeah, and it might be because the Lynch, is it good? The Lynch hashtag not good. Like, I've seen enough of this guy now. 
every time I see him, he stinks. Like he always makes mistakes. And I, I, I watched Bayern a couple of times. He's making mistakes. He plays in the back tube up in Mancano. He's not also the solid, more solid guy, but like he's he's a bit of a fridge. Like his his agility is really bad. Um, he's all right on the ball, but he's just like he's just too slow, a bit hesitant, not quite decisive in his decisions. And I just I don't think the lid is good at all. You know, wait, who, who's your the lid? The lid. Oh, the lid. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. He's got all the hype, and he's young, and he's this captain or whatever, and he's done well for Ajax. But ever since he had that move from Ajax. Like, yeah, he's not good. So, at one point, are you going to say that this guy's not good? I, I, I don't know why he was playing on the right or the back three, in all fairness, though. But at the same time, I'm with you that he doesn't move me anymore. He was, he was Colossus for Ajax, but yeah, since then, he hasn't been moving me. Can't lie. Oh, 2019, that reminds me. That reminds me. Um, they, they cooked Babs when he asked if um, he was better than Chalabas. Doesn't look so mad now, does it? Because remember the summer? <laughs> summer. <laughs> uh, yeah, shout out Babs, man. Shout, shout you out. I like Telebus, to be honest. I, I, I like Telebus. I think Telebus is a good player. I like Cody Gakpo as well, from what I've seen so far. He looks like a proper unit up front. Like, I like... Uh, he's a proper number moved. nine, man. I'm not moved. I'm not moved. Yeah, I'm kind of with Shams with that one. I feel like any other... I, I, I feel like if we... I feel like if he didn't have positional versatility, he'd be playing for Southampton, so... Like yeah, like I'm, yeah, I'm not. I, I, I don't get me wrong. I haven't watched him a lot of times. I watched him against Arsenal uh, in the Europa League, and I watched him this week, obviously for Netherlands. And yeah, he just doesn't move me to be honest. Um, yeah, I feel I want to see him down the middle more because yeah, he's yeah. played from wide. But yeah, I'm, I'm not moved so far. You remind me of like a more creative like Marshall in that kind of sense, where like he's obviously really good on the ball. But he's not, I don't think he's aggressive enough, but then he's quite he's really bright and like when I see him, he doesn't really lose the ball. He's a really good crosser. Um obviously he's kind of body profile is kind of the kind of body profile that you want in an attacker in terms of being this kind of like fast but kind of strong, lanky. But I like him. I just think he might not be as aggressive or intense as like an afford that you might need, but I do like him. I like to see him actually deployed as a number nine for a whole season. Like a man top manager gets their hands on him, puts him as a number nine. That's what I'd like to see him. But I like his fundamentals. I think he's a tidy player. Indeed, man. I completely agree on the delete point, by the way. That guy, he needs to be put under the spotlight a little bit more. He's getting a bit too much respect. Um, and by the way, that as a centre-back parent, Upper Meccano and Delic is just... What the hell is going on there? I don't know what you're going to get week in, week out, really. <laughs> um, as I know, Bayern fans are absolutely stressed. I mean, good good God. Um, that's so, the yeah, future man. right there. Fucking hell. And that wasn't, that, and that was, that's not a cheap parent either. I think, what, both of them combined? Yeah. like 120 million quid. So, ooh. Hold tight, and you got Pavar there as well. Okay, it's, it's not, not, not looking great, um, <laughs> so it's a little bit susceptible. Um, but yeah, man, uh, gents, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I had a ton of fun recording this, and uh, we had some really fun games to go through as well. Be sure to tune in um, tomorrow for the next episode, episode six of World Cup Fracas. I've been your host, Chris. I've been joined by Peter, Julian, and Shems. This has been your episode of World Cup Fracas. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.